Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, Joel and I break down the BKFC 34 fight card, which was amazing. The Dolphins take a loss out in San Francisco, and the Heat and Panthers are on the comeback trail to getting dubs. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel as we're getting on the road to 500 subscribers. And you're going to help us by hitting that subscribe button, telling a friend to tell a friend, hitting the like button, dropping a comment. But I'm here with my main man, as always, Joel. What's up, brother? What's going on, so? Good uh, to see you. Yeah, man. It's always good to see you. It's been a long day. It has been. <laughs> a long 24, 48 hours, right? It has been. I mean, well, the whole weekend was crazy, dog. We're like... We we had Friday popping off a bunch of world, the weigh-ins on Friday had the weigh-ins we on Friday BKFC, World Cup World Cup USA world game Cup on Friday <clears throat> and then like BKFC in the afternoon in the evening and then we had BKFC Saturday night yep. which was amazing Dolphins playing Heat football playing. Sunday bro what a sprinkle action heat, pack. sprinkle some Panthers action in there yeah man action lot, pack weekend bro that's usually what we do you know that's how we roll yeah that's how we roll man we got a lot of stuff lined up for the future too right so if you haven't already make sure to hit that subscribe button go check out only fans right now it is popping yes, week, sir week 13 right we're on week 13 uh yeah it's week 13 in the nfl yeah yeah week 12 with week Dolphins 12. having that buy yeah um but yeah with uh <laughs> only fans is popping man i don't know why for some reason the losses get a little bit more love <laughs> a lot more eyes on it but i love the engagement you know whatever for it sure. takes uh if you guys want to see that breakdown go check it out uh it's uh youtube.com slash sports with so yes so sir go check that out um Jinx. But, yeah yeah um man yeah, it was a great weekend. Let's talk about it, bro. Um, BKFC 34, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship 34 at the Hard Rock. Check it out. Check we out got the, the shirt. shirt in the background right there. Signed by uh, majority, majority of the, of the fires, yeah, fires. Yeah, right? right? Yeah, man. And, and that's always a vibe too, bro, because it, not only does it bring a lot of local talent out, right? You got guys who are making their debuts in BKFC and whatnot who, who either train in the area or fight in the, in the local area and they're, and they're trying to make their name for themselves in this sport. But then you always get like that extra little celebrity, right? We know that South Florida, a bunch of people live here. Um, I got to meet Jordani's Ugas, uh, Cuban, Cuban boxer. You got a picture with him too. Yeah, man. Champion Cuban boxer, right? And, and you, and you got to say that because he's a great boxer and it's dope to see a guy like him, um, uh, supporting and representing the people that were out there, you know, from Cuba and Cuban American mm-hmm. background and just showing love to the people that he trains with and probably has several like training partners and I coaches. Mean, BKFC 34 at the Hard Rock this Saturday was a place to be. Absolutely. Shaq Sha- was there. Shaquille O'Neal was there. Shaq was there, dog. Iced out. Yeah, we got to We got to make sure to say that, dog, because, you know, I was explaining it to a coworker. I was like, yo, imagine a chunk that a normal rapper wears, right? And then how, how big it looks on them. And then think of that chain and how it would look on Shaq. It would probably be like a dog choker. So this dude's chain was like at least to the middle of his neck, yeah. dog. It had to no, weigh no, at least 20 iced pounds. Out. He had like 100, 200 maybe around his neck. Facts, dog. Looking clean, all black and yeah, shit, yeah, man. Yeah. In the building, Shaq was out there. But it just shows you how fast this sport is growing. Uh, what's his face? UFC fighter too. You took a. You, you got a picture with him too. 
Uh, short dude. Oh, yes. Um, damn it. His name escapes me now. Christian. The one that does a crazy span. celebration. Not Span. Not Span. The Hold one that on. does a crazy celebration. Bro, I'm going to find his name, dog. Anyways, but yeah, there was a lot of people out there, man. It, was definitely, it definitely was bigger and better than when we went just a few months ago in June when we all went with the homies and everything. I felt like this one was even like the car. Chris Barnett. Chris uh, Barnett. You got, a, you got a good pick with him too. Yes. You got to post all those, man, if you haven't already. But nah, not yet. Um, there was just more people. The card was better. The atmosphere was just alive. I mean, now the BKSC is catching you know, steam. It's getting momentum. And now it's going to be... Sell out shows, I guarantee it moving forward. Hell yeah, hard rock, bro. that's I, gonna be that's what they're gonna be sold out shows, absolutely, man. And and you know, you mentioned it, but the, the place was literally jam packed, you know what I mean? Like, there was we were sitting in our media section, and every seat in front of us was filled, every single f- seat in front of us, and there were still people on top of us that we heard and, and we sh- and we we saw right in droves the amount of people that were there, um, including the fight, dog. That was crazy, right? Yo, that fight was wild. There was, there was two was fights, wild. there was one earlier in the night, and then there was right. one. During the co-main event during uh, Frank's fight. And that was tough, man, because like that was a big one. That was the one that made it, its, its rounds on social media. The big Huge wave. Fight. Yeah, like it started as like two people. Then it was like four, then eight. Then it was all of a sudden a whole crowd. And even after that, people still stuck around to watch the end of the, the Frank fight. And then stick, they stuck around to watch the, the Palomino fight, which was the main event of the night. For sure. Um, but I, I, I got to say, we were impressed by a couple of performances, right? Um, we saw Ferry uh, Masawa, the Cuban guy. He had an amazing Spider-Man. fight. Spider-Man, bro. Bro, what a, a a way to win in BK, right? People think BK, like bare knuckle fighting, and you're thinking you really have to mess up your opponent's face to get there. Nah, man, the body shots. This dude landed like 12 body shots in like 25 seconds and literally destroyed his opponent from within, dog. It was impressive to see Freddy the Spider-Man, um, Asabo, really go out there and kill it. And even when we spoke to him after the fight, it was like, yo, you could tell this dude was fresh, didn't really absorb any damage at all. And just Which is important in this Super in important this in this sport, dog. And just be able to, you know, stay ready to fight. Um, and one of the fights that impressed me from the prelims was um, Jeremy Smith. The South African people. Oh, the versus people, man. Yeah, that was, I think that was already on the main card. That was one of the early fights on the main Could card have been. after the prelims. But that was a hell of a fight, man. Because he he was getting you know the, the his opponent was was a boxer. I think he was making his debut in, in BKFC, and Jeremy was three and zero going Leo into that fight. Divia. Dude, and Leo looked good, man. Leo Leo had some good action. I remember we were talking about his footwork and stuff. We're like, oh, he's a true boxer, but Jeremy is a brawler. And For sure. You got you, yeah, boxing is gonna, you know, he's gonna come into play. You know, if you're a good boxer, you're gonna do well in BKFC, but it's also a bra- like it's also a brawl. So yeah. if you're a brawler the way that this dude is, and that there's there's a reason his nickname is the Pitbull. Yeah. You know, so he, no, you could tell he was waiting for his one shot and looking for it, looking for it. And and Leo did a great job of boxing him, but yeah. once he got tired, he he got a a couple of body shots and the pit bull went to work and lay Leo out, man. Um, and it was all in good spirit because the, those guys got up and shook hands and a lot of all these guys, love. all love have. There's so much respect for in this sport. We kept bro. talking about that. I'm, I'm so, I'm still so like I won't get over that, bro. Like that these guys can go to war, war, just dog. straight punch each other in the face for what is it three five five rounds it's five rounds two minutes yeah that's 10 minutes they could do that not even they don't even most of them didn't even make it to that i think there was only one fight on the night i think it was fame two fights fame's fight went the full round because uh the dude like yeah it went the distance because the dude didn't really want to engage with him too much but even still like you said you're bare knuckle fighting so a lot of the damage is either going to end the fight or even the contact that leads to a knockout is going to end the fight right once it once it lands um we saw guillermo 
Perez make his debut. Um, oh, going the Cutman. The Cutman, going from BKFC Cutman to making his professional debut in bare knuckle fighting because he also had a professional boxing background i think that was one of the most impressive fights of the night as Absolutely, far as like dog. it being his his debut i mean he looks like he's been doing that forever dog and and just the way that he put his opponent away right he worked the body started low pom pom and then the moment the guy dropped his hands he said Connected up top, and it was a wrap. It was beautiful. It, it was, was beautiful. Be- a beautiful knockout. You can tell man. that dude, he's a student of the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's he's definitely observed a lot. He's definitely, I mean, I'm sure, I, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I'm sure he's a fighter in himself. Yeah, he has a professional that, boxing background. Co- correct. You know, that he has plenty of experience. But, <clears throat> but you know, the fact that he was taking the, a back and he was a, a cut man, you know, that's, right. that's what his I'm name is. sure. He, he's, he's able to see what, you know, what transgresses in a fight from a different point of view. Absolutely. I'm sure that, ha- that helps and mold him as a fighter. Absolutely. And I think that's... That's why, like, I made a point to say that in the post-fight interview we had with him, you know? Like, I think this is a really good opportunity because, you again, you got to punch, and the only damage that you took was to the things you were using to as weapons, right? Your hands. Um, but other than that, he looked amazing. Um, we saw Rene, the highly a champ, Rodriguez. Highly a champ. Go crazy. What a great fight. Rocked his opponent. And... Um, Dog, it's just funny to see like guys like Rene Rodriguez, right, really come into this sport where he's done bare knuckle fighting before, but get onto the main stage or the biggest platform for bare knuckle fighting and pack the house and put on an impressive performance to get the victory, dog. That knockout was amazing, dog. And 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 again, being thirty plus years old, you're thinking like he's, ah, I think he's thirty seven, I think, or thirty eight. Around that thirty six. Like I'll put his age out there, you know what I mean? But still older guy, right? Not not necessarily a young buck, but a guy who can use his experience in fighting bare knuckle to come in here and put opponents away and really make a name for herself. Yeah. I'm sure that the fans are going to want to come out and see him soon, bro. Yeah, no, nah, he goes back to the bare, like the backyard brawls and stuff like that. With Absolutely. Like Kimbo and, you know, and, uh, and Dada 5,000 and all those guys. Yeah, man. Um, and even Brian uh, Gallo Duran, this is the second time we're here where he impresses the crap out of us, dog. And us knowing that he's going to, that he is a good fighter, has explosive in tonight. And when we went, when we saw him the first time, I was like, yo, this guy is going to be a problem. Boom, he delivers in the first round. And then again, on Saturday night, first round, not even, what, 13 seconds into so the fight? So there's controversy because I, yes. I, saw, I saw he posted it too. Uh, that felt like it was less than five seconds I to had us it, in, in, the, in the theater. I had it at eight seconds. I mean, I had it way sooner than that, bro, because they count like him getting up and like for sure and all that. But like, dude, like he was out. Like that fight was done as soon as Completely he came done. in. Like he just he destroyed him in, in five seconds or the, less. The moment he hit him and he went down, I was like, his eyes either really badly cut or it's broken, and he and the pain is just too much right now for this dude to get up. And sure enough, another broken orbital. Um, you know. <laughs> Presented by Brian and Gallo Duran. Uh, that guy really has yeah, a bright future. Savage, bro. Savage, trains hard. We've seen him training on Instagram. A guy who's really committed to this bare knuckle fighting championship sport. And this guy can have a big future, bro. No, he has, he has the persona, right? He yeah. has that personality to go with it. He has like the crazy haircut, the funky haircut. He's very loud, very outspoken. Yeah. And then he's an aggressive, like his fight style is very aggressive. It's very loud, kind of like him. So like it all, it all meshes Matches very, very perfect. well. We can definitely see that 
black kid being a star. A guy who is a star, dog, with the pink mullet, dog, and he's rocking it hardcore uh, sh- without a shirt damn near everywhere he goes, Forget dog. Forget about it. Nah, he's marketable for, for sure. sure. For sure. We got to uh, we gotta get him on the show. Yeah, we man. Absolutely. We're going to set that up. We got to set that up, man. Um, man. What other fights before we get to the mains? There we got to talk about one. the big homie, dog, Bad Blake Davis. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> that was another. That was in a hell of a, an impressive fight, too. Like, another- just an impressive performance by Blake. Yes. Not, not in a crazy fight because like Blake just dominated that that fight. Right. But dog, great performance. Bro, this is uh, Blake is another guy that when we saw him, right, in the first time that we went, we were like, bro, this guy has that aura around him. He has his boxing background. What was he even bo- eight and oh or nine? He was nine and oh in boxing. You know what I mean? Before he jumped into BKFC and we were seeing him making his debut and we were like, bro, this guy looks like he knows what the hell he's doing in there and has that that control. Sure enough, finished dude in, in the first time we saw him. No damage. No damage. To him. To him. Zero damage. Again, only to his hands, which is going to happen in this sport. And then we fast forward to Saturday night. And again, bro, it's over in the first round where this dude just is able to move, wait for his opponents to show him what, what they're trying to do to him. And then he just counters perfectly. And then like what's crazy is that we saw Kevin Gleason, his trainer, and, you know, we were connecting with him uh, later on in January. And we seen him post a video of how exactly he was training Blake to knock him out. And it worked to the T where Blake is that disciplined, that skilled as a technical fighter where he knows the distance and can close out hard while delivering power behind those punches. What an impressive knockout by Blake Davis. No, beautiful. Dog. Beautiful. Like, that guy has a, 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 I'm telling you, man, he, you know, we're, as, as a middleweight and heading in that, in the, uh, getting up the rankings in that middleweight division, he can pose a big threat. He's a tall guy, lanky, carries good weight on him. I don't know, man. I, he has that power. Like, you, yeah. look, you look at him and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't think, but bro. That, uh, the fact that he can knock guys out off counters for sure I mean that's just it's sick that's, it's a, sick. that's, a, that's awesome to have in your arsenal absolutely bro and you know what we have to give a shout out to the second fight that went the full distance which was Christine Vicens. that was the other fight that went the distance correct and she just beat up Jocelyn Lieberger who she is a, she stepped in for that fight she I stayed think, right? in on short notice what a warrior dog yeah. what a, a, a combatant what a uh, ambassador for BKFC, right? And for women's in general in sports to say, Absolutely. yo, I'm, we can do whatever we got to do to make the fart, the fight happen and the fight card happen. And she did, man. So uh, all of the respect to Jocelyn Lieberger because not only did she survive all five rounds, she also, also inflicted some damage on Christine. You know, it, it was a one sided victory, right? But, uh, with all due like respect and in the context of what happened be- prior to the fight, Jocelyn really held her own. She did. She did great for what it's worth. Um, but at the end of the day, there was a unanimous decision, and that was for a reason. Matt Christine put on a hell of a performance. Yeah, man. She just pieced her up, man. Every single round, every single second, she didn't stop applying the no, pressure. man. She just kept peppering her. And <laughs> you talk about her taking, you know, giving, getting a little bit of damage. It's not as much as the damage she gave out to Jocelyn. Absolutely. Jocelyn was a mess afterwards, man. You know, and that just shows you how badass Christine is. Dog. She, that girl's she, tough, she's man. She's a bad, and a tough great, chick, like, And awesome, man. She gave us a couple minutes after the fight, just like yeah. all the fighters, you know, all fighters Absolutely. Did, we appreciate you guys for, for giving us a few minutes. Yeah, but, man. But, you know, she, she was great, man. She was she was doing her thing. She had a big posse, big entourage. She had her <laughs> documentary out there, being, bro. being recorded and stuff like that. And she was very, very kind. She was like, yeah, I'll give you guys a few minutes. Yeah, man. man. We appreciate that. Shout out to Toro Loco. Hell man. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's our official sponsor, hey, man. Maybe we'll get them to sponsor the podcast, hey, sh- bro. Hit, hit me up, man. Christine, we're coming for you. Um, you know, we got to talk about this one fight that, that kind of 
was the only one that I was like, damn, I wanted to see this fight go longer, bro. That was Louis Lopez versus Howard H.D. Davis, dog. And um, unfortunately for Howard, he suffered a, a nasty cut to his eye, which, you know, all credit to Louis for landing the amazing punch. Um, those guys were going toe-to-toe from the moment the bell rang. And um, yeah, man, that cut was so bad. But look, even Howard, we got to give him credit. Even Howard was able to withstand the pain and really push through the rest of the fight of that first round and say, fuck it, I'm going to go this whole first round no matter what. Because yeah, but it's better that they called that fight because yeah. that's something that he could end up ultimately going blind. Yeah. But yeah. it sucks. It sucks. But that kid, Louie, man, that kid scares me, man. Bro. That kid scares me, man. Hey, he's a tough man. <laughs> he's a tough man because Howard had the height advantage on him, had the reach advantage on him, but that didn't stop Louie from trying to work inside. You know, he told us after the fight when we were interviewing him um, that he pretty much just listened to what the game plan the coach gave him, and it worked for him, you know, and that's that's what he makes him feel as comfortable in the ring, and um, it showed against Howard Davis, man. Uh, just want to see those guys run it back, Doc. Hopefully for a title in the future, right, because these both of these guys have a lot of steam behind their names both young guys too yeah both young guys and both guys coming up and having a lot of experience in bare knuckle uh let's talk about the cold main liner uh cold headliner of the evening cold main event um david redneck mundell versus francesco ricky and uh this was for the middleweight championship and um damn what what fireworks we saw that night bro first and foremost shout out to the homie frank and he's a warrior. He he definitely laid it all out there. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that that guy gave it 100%. You know, Went out on the shield. Had. Yeah, dude. Um, and, and, you know, it, it sucks. It happens. But, you know, the, now the, the rebuild is going to be that much greater. Right? Yeah, the for sure. The road back to the I, top is going to be that much sweeter than, absolutely. than being there. And uh, that's that's it, man. That's all I got to say about that for Frank, man. But, back. but you know what? For Dave, uh, for David, man, you know, we both met him that night. And, and you know, I had the, the pleasure of interviewing him. This dude is a real champion, dog. Real this, deal. This guy is the real deal. This is his sixth straight victory in BKFC. He came down from light heavyweight to come get this belt from Frank, you know, because a lot of opportunities weren't presenting themselves. A lot of guys were ducking him in that light heavyweight division. He said, you know what? I gotta go get the opportunities where I can go put my name on the on the on the headliners and on the on the main lights and put a performance. And he put a hella performance on Frank. Um, he dropped him like what four times? Well, he dropped Hit him, him twice, with, just twice with body round. shots. I think. Well, the thing was, so he dropped him twice in the first round, and it was getting ugly. And then in the second round, Frank started coming back. He started a little putting, bit right, putting something together, and and then that fight broke out. Yes. in the crowd and then that kind of distracted me a little bit because <laughs> I didn't know what what to go for whether the world star moment or I knew you were watching the fight like you know I'm so focused, if I anything I'm like focused. you were going to fill me in and then I was hoping to fill you in like yo they threw a couple t- tables of some chairs over for there for sure but uh, yeah, that, that kind of distracted me and then in the third round um, that's finally right. That's when he yeah. fin- that when he finally took him down. Yeah. Um, and he was down for for a little while there, man. I was a little concerned. Um, but he he was able to get back up. Uh, shout out to Mandel, man. It was just a, a hell of a performance, man. He that guy's a dog. That guy's a dog. The punches. I mean, I felt like every single time, like he would put one on him, like I would, I would feel it. I don't know if that's because, like, you know, we no, got a chance. Like Frank's such a good dude, and we got the chance to sit down with him and Dave, and all that nah, stuff. Dave's but. an awesome dude, bro. I met his daughter. I met his trainer. I met his his um, brother. I met the guy that he trains with. Also, like all those guys are cool yeah. as hell, and they're and all if, and they're all homies. And like. and, 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 uh, and again, I have to commend David, dog. I have to commend David because he's a real champion, dog. Not only did he respect Frank enough to not celebrate, let him get up. 
but because of the respect that he has for Frank, right? But on top of that, he didn't even really celebrate afterwards because he was like, you know what? Real humble. I'm, I'm going to celebrate this after I win, you know, get that interim tag shit off and I can get, and I can defend this belt and then I'll really feel like it's mine and then I'll go off of that. But for right now, I'm happy with my performance and I'm happy with the victory. And let me tell you something about his performance. The way that he was changing levels on Frank really fucked him up because he was just waiting and coming up, jabbing, going down, jabbing, coming up, jabbing, coming up. And then he would just surprise Frank and throw a hook, throw a bomb, throw a hook, throw a bomb. With a lot of power behind it. With a lot of power behind it. And then, you know, man, as a shorter guy, you're coming up with a lot of inertia and a lot of force. And those those punches that he was throwing were just bombs. No, everything was a haymaker. So impressed with that guy's performance, dog. Again, his sixth straight victory in BKFC, like, this dude's a real problem. He's a real problem because he knows how to fight. He knows how to keep distance. He knows how to stay away from danger. And he knows how to finish fights. You know, so even when he feels like the fight is his, he doesn't rush into something to try to get himself exposed. No, he took his time and waited deliberately, found his opening, applied the pressure, and it was a wrap, man. Shout out to Dave, man. No. Hell of a victory, brother. Great fight, man. Definitely a great fight. And I, I mean, I can't wait to see the guy defend his title. Hell yeah, bro. I'm dying to see that guy in person, bro. Again, I, I, it's wild because he's, he's so from, impressive. He's man. from Dunedin. He's like from like the Tampa area. Right. And, and yeah, he drew a big crowd, man. There was a lot Huge. of people in the crowd chanting redneck. I mean, we, we, uh, you and I have spoke about it, right? Like maybe that gave him a little bit of extra oomph, right? That people can come down from Tampa, it's a little three, four hour drive or whatever, and and be there to support him. Especially if the cards at eight o'clock at night, you know, yeah, you can leave at twelve, be there in time, and go home the next day. Sure. And uh, I I just hope he celebrated the victory, bro, because he, sure he he earned it, man. I'm he sure really all those guys that won celebrated hard, and I don't think anybody celebrated harder than the the main event five six time now yeah man the main event of the and evening still. and still uh lightweight champion of bare knuckle fighting championship Lewis um, baboon palomino and you know wow, what bro uh, that guy bro nah what can you say about him that hasn't been said man honestly bro but i i, I want to give a shout out to tom shove because that guy Dog, I felt like he was bare knuckle fighting when it was 1901. <laughs> and generation after generation, he just keeps coming back and finding the sport. When they called the fisticuffs, we were talking about right. that. He was going to put him up, put him up. Bro, he has the bare knuckle fighter soul, dog. Yeah. Soul. He, he lives it. He breathes it. Because... Not only like did like he was game to fight Luis Palomino, he wasn't running from him, he wasn't trying to duck him, he wasn't trying to beat him systematically. He's going out there to beat Luis Palomino, and that's what you got to do when you're facing a fucking five time champ, of course, right? And a double champ at that. You know, you have to go out there and find the victory. And credit to Tom Show for doing that. You know, it just shows you how. Of on a different level, Luis Palomino is when it comes to this bare knuckle shit, bro. Because this guy was just able to systematically wait and break Tom down, knock him out, uh, and, and knock him down a couple of times with straight jab punches, a straight hook where Tom felt like he got the upper hand inside, and then boom, Luis makes a shift or turns one side and. Boom, hit him with a hook. Boom, hit him with a body shot. And just delivered punches that Tom wasn't expecting, which hurt Tom. And then he would just allow him to catch him and drop him. Catch him and drop him. Catch him and drop him. And let me tell you, dog, Tom, uh, very impressed by from Shove because he took a lot of damage, dog, and he kept bringing it. He kept bringing it, and he inflicted a ton of damage. More damage. I mean, Palomino said it after the fight, this is the most damage I've ever taken in a fight. Ever. He says part of it was him. He wanted to bring the fans to show, but also, dog, that's what Shove was doing. Tom's he was piecing him up. 
Tom's yeah, got hands, he's dog. He's fast. That kid's he, fast. He's got hands, dog. You know, obviously, he felt like he had to go for the win, probably exposed himself too much, and Lewis took advantage of that. Credit to both of those guys for executing those game plans. And I'm sure that Tom would have gone the entire fight if the ref doesn't stop it. And it, again, like you said earlier, it was the right stoppage because Tom's eye was fucking cut, and anything worse that could have happened to the eye, he would have risked losing it and... As a fan, as a friend, as a person who really respects what these guys put on the line to get in there, I'd rather them make the right call and say, you know what, you've taken enough, bro. Everybody here knows that you're a fucking warrior. Let's call this fight and you'll get back in the ring in another six, eight yeah, months. Gotta you protect know? the fighters, man. Gotta protect the fighters. So, uh, an amazing victory by Luis Palomino, bro. This guy, uh, what can I say? No, like, man. And like, what can I say about what this? What a guy, champion. Like, Not just the fact that he wins, because anybody, you know, I guess you can go out there people, and win right? and all that, but like the fact, like everything that he does, like his. His interview that you yes. that you that you did with him was phenomenal, man. Thank Just you. to learn more about him and, and and him his mentality going into this fight, his mindset, seeing him being able to do everything he talks, you know, back everything up, yeah, with his actions, with his preparation and everything. And then after the fight, man, the you know the the. The words that he shared, you know, shouted out everybody. Like, he didn't just go, he, he went above and beyond. Instead of just, like, you know, his coaches, his trainers, his team, whoever's behind him, he thanked the fans, man. He went beyond that. He said, yeah, I did bro. this for the fans. I want to bring the fans a good show. Shout out to my Cuban people. He, you know, he spoke a little bit, you know, in Spanish. Obviously, he's Peruvian or whatever. But then he, the more impressive thing was he was like, shout out to the Brazilians because I'm sure he yeah. trained with, from, you know, he's a, he took, yeah. I think he said in the interview, he's a black, he's a black, black belt, belt. jiu-jitsu, right? Correct. So he, he knows a lot of Brazilian people and he has a lot of Brazilian fans and all that. And him speaking Portuguese, man, I was yeah. like, Press oh the crap God. out of me. I, I was like, I understand what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, like, does anybody else know? Not a lot of people like, in here probably know it. <laughs> I'm sure it was all beautiful words, bro. But like, just, just the fact that he's able to play to his crowd, like that, that guy is a champion. And bare yeah. knuckle, whatever you're paying him, double it, double it, dog, double it, double it. Because Luis Palomino's the real deal. Hey, he's the real deal, dog. He's the real deal, bro. So, um, got to shout out Bernie for hooking us up Hell as always, yeah. right? Um, yeah. thank you so much, brother. We we appreciate the opportunity you gave us, and shout out to everybody that we met that night too. Um, we bet we BKFC met BKFC News, right? Susan and gang, uh, Lisa with the Z podcast. Yep. We met her, and um, shout out to Lisa and Kendall, the Pillow Fighting Championship ch- champion of the world. <laughs> well, no, no, Kendall, Kendall, she won this us. weekend. She did. She ended up winning her card. Yeah, man, that was dope. So Kendall's also another fighter, a jiu-jitsu. Uh, Shout out to Champ too, dog. And yeah, Champ, that's the pillow fight. The the pillow. Fight. He's the champ, champ. But Ke- uh, Kendall is the women's champ. Oh, she, and she is, and she won this weekend. So, uh, shout out to everybody, man. It was an amazing card. Amazing. B- shout out to Tom and uh, Bernie, everybody involved at BKFC. We can't wait to do it again. Oh, yeah, and, uh, man. Anytime. Check Anytime them out, December tenth. If you guys haven't watched it yet, five bucks, four ninety nine to get the BKFC app. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on the computer. You can watch it on your TV. And um, it's amazing because they not only show you the weigh-ins you get to see the prelims you get to see the main cards it's no nonsense no it's nonsense just, it's just straight fire straight. content like yeah, fights man. it's awesome December 10th they're no, BKFC and for, and for in us, Thailand man, anytime they do it here in Florida anywhere that we can get to man I definitely want to try to make the effort to be there because they're just they're worth going to man it's a very good production they're putting together card you know the, the, the cards are getting better as far as the opponents and, and who they're, they're having out their fight it's a really good show for sure well the next one that's going to be close to us is South Carolina January 27th who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Got to see what the, if we got the freaking fire Yeah, yeah. Got to check with the account. Got to check with the account, dog. <laughs> Let's check with the account, man. Um, but yeah, shout out to BKFC. Make sure to tune in December 10th, BKFC Thailand number four. A great event to watch. Trust me, you're not going to be disappointed. Your boy so knows. Um, now, let's talk about a little bit of a disappointment this from this past weekend. Sheesh. 
Ish. All right. It's not a huge Let's disappointment, right? With all things considered, but the Dolphins losing to the San Francisco 49ers 33-17 on Sunday kind of left a, a, a bad taste in my mouth, right? Because yeah, it left a bad taste in every Dolphins fan's mouth. True, but it wasn't the the loss itself, it's how we lost, right? And and then in the context of the game and like what happened in the game to that that kind of led us to that loss, right? Like, we knocked out Jimmy G in the first half, uh, first quarter, I believe, first right? First drive of the game for yeah, them. First and, ended with Jimmy G taking a sack and getting rolled up on by Jalen Phillips. Right. Ended up breaking his ankle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to Jimmy G. You know, we want this guy to come back and, and have unhealthy. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. But, you know, we want him to be, to be all right, you know. Um, but then you're thinking that happens and it's like, all right, the Dolphins are going to turn it up here, and we definitely have a chance to put some pressure on this offensive line. And, yeah, if you know anything team. about the Niners, they had Trey Lance at the beginning of the year who goes right. down, and Jimmy G was the backup. So you're thinking, all right, who the hell is the backup to Jimmy G at this point? We're going to be able to Bruh. devour this kid. And he ends up being the last pick from this year's draft, Mr. Irrelevant. He's right. a rookie uh, whose name escapes me right now. Brock Purdy Brock from Purdy. Iowa State. My father-in-law's um, alma mater. There you go, dog. Look at that. So he, um, I'm sure your father-in-law was very happy for, about his performance because he comes out and this kid plays like uh, like a five, six-year veteran, man. Yeah. The first drive, he's able to get them down the field and stuff and he's able to get points on the board. He's slinging you know, the ball around. Looked a lot better than Tua by comparison. Tua, who for has sure. been phenomenal all season, had his worst game of the season yesterday. For sure. And you know what, what Joel? You know, we, we broke it down a lot on OnlyFans, right? Make sure to check that out on YouTube right now. It's definitely trending. Um, but w- what, I'm, what we didn't f- really talk about on OnlyFans is like the coaching matchup. Right and and how McDaniel lost this coaching matchup. Usually we he, talked about it on last week's episode. Though he, he talks, a, he he usually like wins these coach up matches, but for whatever reason, whatever he was trying to do this weekend to kind of like calm the team down and not get so hyped up about the return to San Francisco, not only for himself, a couple of the coaches, a couple of the players, right. It felt like the entire team was anxious, you know, because even when we got that first touchdown to Sherfield, right, to, to kick off the game, we're thinking, all right, maybe we can get this. The, the the two drives after that, that we had the ball immediately, it was like, well, that drive is a dud and this drive is a dud. So it, it kind of felt like we got really high and then, boom, really low. And then we were never, never able to recover. Even when, when Tyler No, Phil, I mean, we, we did. We no, were, no, 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 we no, were no. able to recover because we got to the fourth quarter and it was a one possession game. Which the whole game was, it looked like it was out of reach. For sure. But can I explain what I mean there? I mean it in the sense of like, we score the first touchdown, Jimmy G gets hurt, and it's like, all right, we're up seven to zip, they're bringing in their third string quarterback, we got this. We should have this. And then when when you don't have it, it's, you know, you, you get down, you yeah, get but down. But we can't put that so much on McDaniels. If McDaniels is calling the plays that the receivers are getting open, which they were. They were. And... Tua is throwing the ball behind receivers yeah. too high over their head where Jalen Waddle potentially got hurt too low where it's balls bouncing off the ground. Receivers need to come up even further than, they, than they're supposed to. It was an off day for Tua, man. Completely. So, I, you know, we can't really say, and, and McDaniels, and credit to him because there was a viral video going around of him going, I fucked up. Right. You know, in a moment where, you know, there was a play that he just, you know, he didn't agree with whatever decision he just made or whatever, and he was owning up to it to his players, which is great. You want to see that. It's good chemistry with them that he has, that he's willing to do that and be like, Yo, you know, I messed up here. This isn't on you guys. But if you watch that game, you know Tua 
cost us that game, man. At the end For of the sure. day, he, he also got us back in it to, you know, what I was saying a moment ago that it was a one possession game. He was the reason why he made that big throw to Tyreek later, late on or early on in the fourth quarter when it just started to get us back to a one possession game. But and that hole that we were in already was because of Tua, and then he couldn't get it done after the fact. I mean, bro, those two back-to-back interceptions that Killed he threw, us. he hadn't had one. He broke a record for the most attempts without an interception. Yeah. I can't remember what the it was number was. 195. Something around 200, somewhere around there, yeah. And he, it got, you know, he broke it, obviously throwing a pick. They get the ball, they score, and then immediately right after, we come, we, once we get the ball, he throws another pick. Yeah. And, and it was like that's I just not felt like, like too, man. I know, but I felt like the whole team was just trying to to trying to do too much to help McDaniel win against the 49ers. And and maybe that's a fault of us, you know, because if you think about it, Tua looked like he was trying too hard. A couple of the guys looked like they were trying too hard. You know what I mean? And like when you see that, it's like, all right, I get it. You're 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 trying to make the effort, you're trying to go all out, but there's something else on your mind. There's something else. And that was what caused the failure of the team to execute. You know, something that my dad and I were talking about, man, like, you know, it's, it's, it's so clear how Tua doesn't feel comfortable running. You know, running for a first down, running to get four yards on a play or something. He doesn't feel comfortable. And I don't know if it's... um Coaching, right? They were to tell him, hey, don't th- don't even take the threat, bro. Throw the ball away, right? Or if it's a, a injury thing, we saw him hurt his ankle and he was probably playing w- with a off ankle. Well, right? one, of, one of the big things is the fact that I think the, the three big things to me is number one, first and foremost, he's slow. Healthy Tua slow. is a, is a, slow, a slow Tua. Tour. So there's not really a lot of wheels there in the first place. But number two, though, the, the big injury that set him back that, you know, like coming out of Alabama was a hip injury. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe that's a, that's a concern there. You get hit. Maybe that's a concern that might take you out. And then the other the other thing is, I mean, he got hit twice and concussed twice early on the season. So, you know, of course, that's going to go through your mind. Do I really want to take this hit right here? 100%. And on, on said play, I know somebody, I think, on the OnlyFans video, shout out to whoever dropped, out, dropped that count. We appreciate you had pointed out like, oh, do you think on that play, uh, you know, he was scared to to tuck and run it? Yeah, we do think he was scared to tuck and run it, but we're not so upset. At least I'm not so upset with his decision to not tuck and run it. I'm upset with the the pass that he delivered to Tyreek Hill. We got the first down, but he had a receiver. He could have just done a flip shovel pass for a guaranteed first down. Right. Maybe break up field and get some more yards. But he went with the the harder throw and it worked out. But that's more of my concern there is why wouldn't you make the easier of the two? I'll take it one step further with that just to show you that. It was a bad game from the top to bottom, right? McDaniels could have called the running play there. We could have called a running play there. Why would you call a running play I'm there? just saying, we could have called... It's a, it's a fourth and one situation, right? A fourth and two. It, was, it wasn't far. And you can do normal teams that have a running game, that trust their running back, that trust their offensive line, that actually use yeah, their... Yeah, but we don't. Four, but we... And that's my fucking point. Yeah. You know, that that, that we burned to it, right? We, we burned to it to say, Coño, you could have ran for it, right? On a bootleg or yeah. whatever. But technically, he's not the one who he's should be running the, running the ball. Back. He's not the running back. I agree. You know, and, and, and why do we put ourselves in that position? I guarantee you that McDaniel looked at that play and was like, damn it. I, I could have called a run. I could have, because we went for it on fourth down anyways, right? Like we were going for it no matter what. So you could have ran the ball. And, and, and even below that, like you said, tool could have made it easier on himself to say, here's a little show pass to the safe throw. Hey, Alex, get this, get the first down. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. You know, because even on that throw to Hill, he was covered. Thankfully, he'll have his hands, right? If it was Devontae Parker, he's dropping that ball. <laughs> if right? it was Jakeem Grant, that would have been on the floor. Dog, that ball would have been picked because Jakeem <laughs> Grant would have popped it up himself and said, get here, somebody else take a chance at it. 
Um, but I, I, I don't want to make too much of the loss, right? But it is a bad loss. It is a bad loss. And, you know, like you said, somebody mentioned it in the comments. Um, I hope this loss wakes up the team, right? And to say, yo, we're not where we want to be. We haven't accomplished anything yet. Let's keep our nose down. Let's keep grinding. Let's keep focusing on a play-by-play thing and, and get success that way. Because that's what's worked for this team. How much time do you think an average NFL player spends reviewing game tape? Oh, dude. A good a good NFL player? I mean, just a standard one. Like, do you think these if guys are good? All, do you think all of them are gonna go watch game tape from now to the to the Chargers game next the week? The smart ones will I mean they're out in LA like they should have access to that, right? This is the NFL. For sure. For sure. For sure. They have Listen, if, if they have access to all the plays immediately after so like, the play is done. But w- w- to answer your question, I think the players, right, that are good at their position, not necessarily great because maybe the greatness is just a special God-given ability that you have, right? You're super fast. You have a, a good uh, jumping ability, something like that, right? A good, The good players in the NFL are the guys who can study. Are the guys who can say, damn, what did they do to me here that I can avoid the next time I see this on an, on another team or the next time I play them? So if you're smart, you're 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 taking that game tape home with you immediately and going straight to the hotel room because they're staying in California. They're not coming back. Yeah, to Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Like, so, what well, you got nothing. I mean, unless you got you're gonna nothing, go out there, go no, check out the Hollywood side. No, 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 no. <laughs> if Mike McDaniel, if Mike McDaniel is smart, he's shutting all that shit down. Maybe after a win, you get away with that, right? And say, you know exactly, what? Yeah. I'll give you a day off, boys. Like, Enjoy no. LA. Because that's my point of all that. But I've asked you that question. It's like, I think that that the thing, you know, you guys are already prepared. You guys are already conditioned. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what we need to do is you need to look at, assess yourselves, you know, assess the little things, you know, to on that play right there where you could have shoveled in instead of, you know, dumping down to Tyreek um, on the defensive side. Because we've been talking a lot about the offensive side on the defensive side, man. Like, wh- who's missing assignments? You know, a lot of there was a lot of good, a lot of good with what we have. You know, even though we're dealing with injuries still, but man, a lot of issues with you know missed assignments and people just not being where they need to be. For instance, one play, man, it was a third and one. I think they they were going for it. It was a you know we needed to get a stop to get the ball back. Zach Sealer plugs the hole, an amazing grabs push. the guy, just totally bear hugs him. But now what's common in the NFL, and it's always been, is you get that second push. You get the running back. You get the quarterback. You get everybody behind those guys just giving them that second push. And that's going to go. If it doesn't go forward, it's going to go left or right around yeah, it's that. it got no chance. We're and, to go the man, we, had, we had two guys on defense, you know, number one, one of them being Javon Holland, who's usually our playmaker, who's the most, you know, one I'm most disappointed of in that instance, who's just thinking that the play's over, the play's dead, and not running up to, to plug the gap, and then they ultimately get that first down and keeps their drive alive and we lose the game. For sure. So it's like, we need to watch the game tape, we need to go back and look at those little things and how we can avoid that next week going into LA. Because it's a must-win game. It is. At this point, that is a must-win now. Every game is must-win. Absolutely. Because I, you've, you've heard me say it on the show plenty, and you're going to continue to hear me say it, but we need to keep the pace. This season is about keeping the pace in order to make the playoffs and to have a good seating because you don't want to be the seventh and eighth seed and going on the road to Cincinnati where it's good, where it could be cold, where you got to go to Buffalo or some shit like that, New York. Where it's, you, you do not want to go somewhere for your first playoff game and play somewhere where it's cold. You don't want to do that. You want somebody to come down to sunny Miami and get super comfortable and relax and go, yeah, we're going to enjoy the beach afterwards and then get smashed by the Dolphins. You know what I mean? So it's important for the Dolphins to keep pace. And look what happens. We lose. Uh, the Bills win, right? 
Uh, they already take over the division, so now we're kind of in a hard place there in the AFC East. Um, they're nine and three. We're eight and four. Jets are right behind us at seven and five. Who, who lost this weekend? And then you know you got New England two games behind. And we face the Bills in two weeks. And we face the Bills in two weeks in Buffalo. In Buffalo, after facing a Maybe. team, yeah, after facing a team uh, in the Packers that is also going to be a cold weather game. No, before we play them before the Packers. I know that, I know that, but what I'm saying oh, is that we're going cold weather game, cold, cold weather, weather game. So yeah. like, is is there's no break? No, the Packers games at home. Are we playing them at home? I believe the Packers game is at home. Yeah, because I was looking at tickets early on in the year. All right, let me double check. Um, yeah, I believe that Christmas Day game is here, in Miami. Okay, okay, but uh, yeah, you know, and you, then the Jets game is also here, in Miami. It's also here for sure. The Jets are coming here. Yeah, we play. Yeah, the early. Packers game is at home, so thankfully we won't be in that cold weather. But yeah. still. But gotta, that Buffalo game. That I mean, Buffalo game this is This game scary. right here against LA. LA's and coming off. LA's coming off a loss. You know, there's a lot of headlines around this game. It got moved into that primetime slot. Was this one? For Saturday night. This is the one? Correct. Um, no, this, for Sunday night football. Excuse this me. This one's Sunday night. This one got moved to Sunday night football. The Bill game is Saturday, is Saturday night. Uh, December 17th. 17th. Yeah. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of writing in this game, man, because, you know, we know at this point the Bills are going to continue to win. We got we to gotta at least assume the Bills are going to continue to win. We, we don't want to, oh, well, pace. let's see what we do, and hopefully they, no, forget about that. We control our destiny. Win, win and we make the playoffs. We got to win. And look, and, and Buffalo doesn't have a cake in, you know, like an easy schedule afterwards, too. They got to face the Jets. They got to face us. They got to face the Bears. They got to face the Bengals. They got to face the Patriots at the end of the season. Tough games. Uh, the Bengals is probably the toughest one aside from us. Yeah, but look, you're going to Chicago. After coming to... A, Chicago's a, garbage. Chicago's garbage, but they can beat you, dog. They're going to shut down Justin Fields. That's uh, the best thing they have going for them right now. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But either way, we've seen the Bills lose to lesser opponents. You know what I mean? Sure. They lost to the Jets, a close game. They, they lost to us by two points. The only team that, they, that they've lost to is the Minnesota Vikings. That has a... That was a last minute too. That and that was a last one. minute thing and they lost by three points. So... You know, this game against the Bills is not going to be easy, Mm-mm. but they got to, and they're going to be winning games, like you said. So the Dolphins have to keep pace. But that's, we're going to get ahead of ourselves. And, and get LA. games. We got LA this week. Let's talk about LA, man. Um, they need this game more than we do, if we're thinking about it. They need this game more than we do, because if you look at the standings right now, right, in the AFC West, there's six and six. They're not going to catch the the Kansas City Chiefs for the division, right? Got to throw that out the book. Boom. And the playoff race, that doesn't even that puts them right now in ninth. One spot out. Cuz they're tied with New England. So if they can go out there and beat us, get 7 and 6, then they're moving themselves up and we're moving ourselves down cuz we'll be seven, 8 and 5 at that point, you know, with a bunch of teams around us that could potentially match that. I don't know. I don't know if if Herbert's going to come out this game firing. They're getting all their weapons back. Keenan well, Allen's back. Yeah, they got Keenan Allen back. They got Austin Eckler's healthy. Yeah. They got, uh, I don't know if Mike Williams, Williams is back been, or not. He, but he's, he's, he might he's be back cusp. for this game. Yeah, but they still got Josh Palmer and Gerald right. Everett. They got their weapons, you know. It's just the Chargers. I think, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they got the right coach, man. They probably don't. And then but, if it comes down to that, I have I have faith in what I, based on what we see McDaniel's been able to do, I have full faith and confidence in Mike McDaniel's to be able to bounce back, adjust, and pull out a victory on the road. We need it because we need to, we, we need to get over that barrier. Can we sure. win on the road? Yes, we can. This is where we prove it. Dolphins are only a three-point favor against the Chargers. Oh, we're a favorite. It's perfect. Only three points, though. I like that, though. That's okay. 
It's not, it doesn't give me a lot of hope for the nah, game. That's, that's perfectly reasonable. So, But, you know. Based off of what just happened this weekend, that's perfectly reasonable. Here's what I'll say. I'll, I'll say this. I'll feel, I feel a lot much better about this game coming up and, and, and you know, believing that the Dolphins are going to improve on this performance. Tua is going to bounce back. He's going to have a great game. Uh, we're going to see some type of commitment to the running game, at least 20 carries between the two guys, at least 15 to 20 carries between the two guys. We, and would, if, we would hope. That's, that has to be part of the game plan. Though. Has to be. We've been it saying it all be. year, though, man. We've been saying it, it has all year. to be. All right, let's let's talk predictions. Let's talk predictions. Let's talk predictions. All right. Well, what did do you have the poster there from the last? No, I don't think you, you ever it gave up. it to me. I did give it to you, bro. No, I promise. I would have put it up, and I'm gonna write it down again. I don't know. I don't know where it is. I okay. put it up. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I, I had. Uh, no, I don't remember. Dog. Either way, we 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 had a loss. We got a loss. Yeah, we got a loss. It doesn't matter. We were completely wrong. What do you got for the Dolphins Chargers game? Um, Dolphins Chargers game, man. I'm 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 thinking we're gonna win this one. 27-21. That's pretty high scoring. Could I, be higher. I'm gonna say 24 14. 24-14 or 24-10? No, 24-14. 24-14. Nah, I just I the the defense doesn't give me enough faith. Like I don't have enough faith in our defense for now. To, to, well, they to, played okay, to, to, but bro, not great. Not great, bro. The defense there was a lot of lot a lot of questionable, you know, things that happened on that defensive side. There's only three guys that have been, well, in my opinion, two guys with, with, with everybody that we have, bro. Honestly, no no offense because they did play great. Wilkins played, played good. okay. Uh, Wilkins the defense played good. as a unit played good. Okay, Ingram had a sack. Uh, Chubb honestly is not doing. Phillips far, played well you know, Near enough I don't think No In my opinion No he hasn't made Phillips, a huge impact Phillips keeps playing well Every game he, he does You know he gets better Every game But man I, I Like I feel like I feel like Nick Bosa By himself Outshined our entire D-line Yeah for sure The only one who didn't He didn't outshine Was Chris Wilkins I, no, I disagree. I think he should outshine all of them. Man, probably because he's a he's a better player than all of those guys at this point. But I just think that the only guy that you would say played well on the defensive line was Chris Wilkins. He had twelve tackles by himself, dog. Like by himself, that guy was in the backfield all day, chasing players down, chasing guys to the sideline. And this is a big dude. He's not a little guy, you know. So no, for and, him, and downfield too, not just in the backfield. He like, was continuing. He was continuing when plays were not getting stopped and he had to chase guys downfield. He was making those plays. Exactly. So I, I, I just feel like he's the, the, the only bright spot. Him, Ziegler, Ziegler, uh, Ziegler, he played well. Um, Howard had a pick, but not enough. Not enough. This defense needs to find its way back to being dominant because it's not dominant. And last year it was dominant, you know, and in order for us to really get that win in the playoffs, which is our goal, not only to make the playoffs, but to get a win in the playoffs, the defense has to be dominant moving forward. Just point blank. There's no more room for that. So hopefully Sunday Night Football, make sure you guys tune in. Um, we'll be bringing you only fans after the game. Uh, not immediately after the game. Might be a little bit after that. You know? but <laughs> but we'll get don't, it to you. Don't quote We'll get it to you guys. We'll get it to you guys, but just don't quote me. But we're getting you guys a Dolphins victory for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, let's uh, flip over to the Heat, man. This, You know what's funny, bro? You text me today and we were like, bro, what do you know, the Heat, dog, and... They're not getting a lot of traction. The fandom isn't there. And I, I just think the fans aren't excited. They're they're not excited about this Heat team for, for good reason, right? Obviously, they're not winning right now. Um, they suffered a lot of losses, a lot of injuries, a lot of players that we were expecting to be um, contributors, not necessarily contributing. But I just feel like the energy is being sucked out of the Heat by the Dolphins. And 
while it's okay, right? Because the Dolphins season is coming to that point where every game matters, right? That he have to do something to really make themselves stand out, man. Because in order to get fans to watch your games, not everybody's going to go to the games, especially on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock tip-off, 7.30. There's no way you're going to make it down there unless you take the day off or whatever. You got to make it exciting to watch. And there was only, I would say, two exciting games, right? Two exciting games that in these last four games. Um, so the Heat, they beat Atlanta Sunday, November 27th, after Thanksgiving. Cool, get a victory. And then they had those two road games back-to-back against Boston. The first game against Boston, I wasn't excited about that game because, yeah, Bam had a good game, and we were kind of in it in that in that third quarter. But then I just saw Jason Tatum took over. And when he took over and he was just making all these shots and shit, I was like, yeah, this is not going to end well for the Heat. And then the, and obviously, the Heat ended up losing 134 to 121. But I, felt, I just feel like, damn, dog, that's the kind of loss that would have bothered me last year, right, or bothered the Heat, and I don't think it did. I don't think it did because it was like, well, you know, Jason Tatum just played great and, you know, it, you know we, our guys did their thing, but, you know, kind of expected this loss. And, and granted, Boston is the best team in the in the NBA right now, or one of the best teams in the NBA right now. Um, they're definitely a high-scoring, high-output team, but, like, I felt like we didn't belong in that game. Even though we scored 121 points, I felt like we didn't belong in that game, dog. And we just couldn't close out. That was another game we couldn't close out. And Fourth quarter. We couldn't close out on Tatum. And it is concerning, bro. You know, we can't just say, oh, well, he just had a good game. No, because if memory serves you correct, you know, in the playoffs, Tatum did that to us. And we had no Facts. answer for him. And it doesn't matter if you, keep, if you can put up 120 points if Tatum's going to put up 50 and they're going to drop 140 on you. Because that's <laughs> that's pretty much what, what was happening that game. Um, so that is concern, man. But we were without Jimmy Butler, too. Correct. Which is something to know. You know, that we weren't at full power with, you know, in a lot of these games. We haven't had Jimmy. You know, maybe that's why guys the aren't excited. Season, I mean, really? he's, he's our he's our superstar. You know, and when, without your superstar, maybe that doesn't get the fans excited. I don't know. Maybe the fans are just more interested right now in the Dolphins because they share the same fan base. You're right. You know, have just a, a you know, it's hard to find just a Heat fan that doesn't follow any of the other Miami sports. For sure. You're really going to follow all of them usually if you're from Miami. Um, but it's time to get excited. Why? Because Jimmy's back. Jimmy is back. And uh, look, and even in that game that we lost, right, where Tatum put up the 49 points, you got good efforts from everybody who you expect efforts from, right? Bam, like I mentioned, 23 points, Ted of 19 from the field. Um, Tyler Hero uh, continuing to play well since coming back, 9 of 17, shot over 50%, um, 22 points. Strews continue to do his thing. Actually played really good from that game from three, five of 10, ended up with 23 points. But Jimmy would have made the difference in that game. Maybe not defensively, right? Because he can't really guard Jason Tatum. But he definitely would have made a difference in like time of possession, um, what type of looks we get and all that. And ultimately, when he came back in that second game against Boston, his his impact was felt, man. You don't think he can guard Jason Tatum? Nah, not a whole game. Not a whole game. Not a whole game, but I don't down, think down he, the stretch where Jason Tatum was making the biggest... You I'll know. put it to you like this. I don't think he can stop Tatum on a... On like... Out of five he, possessions, let's say in the fourth quarter... I think he's our best chance, though. For sure. No, our best chance is Bam. Bam is the only one who could keep with him. And even if he decides to turn around and hit a fadeaway, Jimmy's not getting nowhere near... Sure. Nowhere near that range where it's like I could kind of bother sure. you, not even block but, you, just kind of bother. All right, you. so I agree. Bam definitely is our best chance, but with Bam having to do everything else as our big, bingo. That's that where, means that Jimmy is our best chance after Bam. 
No, I think I see it more in the sense of like because because even though Jimmy doesn't have that what you're talking about, mm-hmm. his, his basketball IQ is really what Facts. transcends him, and he's able to think ahead, and he's able to do like you know what I mean, poke the ball out, get his hands involved before the ball goes up, so that you know it doesn't even develop into a shot. Right, and he's able to kind of he, he's able to get around screens savvy. a little bit better. He's very very savvy, man. You know, and that's what we saw in the second game against the Celtics for sure. And look, and more to it, it was just Jimmy is a dog, right? So he always has that attitude of, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Whether it's shooting, rebounding, pass. He has 16 rebounds in that game, dog. 15 rebounds. Granted. In uh, the mix. He was in the mix the whole they, game. The, the Celtics hit a three off the glass, you know what I mean, to get into overtime. By Brown, I think he hit a, a three-pointer with like 0.7 seconds left. Ultimately, the Heat were able to say, you know what, we're take your best punch. We're going to take your best punch and still go out here and win this game. And look, it, it continued where the supporting cast played well. Uh, Tyler Hero, 26 points, 6 of 10 from 3. Kyle Lowry showing up, bringing a contributor, 20 points, 8 of 13 from the field. Um, bam, 28 points, 10 of 18 from the from the free throw, from the field. Seven rebounds. When, when you have those type of efforts and then you say, Jimmy, put in the rest. And he does. We're going to beat teams. We can beat whoever, but it takes a lot of effort. This is a regular season game that goes into overtime because we couldn't defend and close out in the third, in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? And and granted, we won the fourth quarter, 29 points to 23 points overall, right? And it was still enough to get Boston back in it because we had to turn it around and we couldn't really get away from those guys. Um, thankfully, thankfully, you know, we hit some shots in, in overtime and Jimmy really took over, including the game, the game winner where he pretty much iced the game. Um, we put it up on our Instagram, so make sure to check it out if you haven't. But I feel like this team needs to, it just doesn't have the spark, right? I feel like it's missing a spark. And I don't know if it's because we expected them to be better. We expected players to be better. Um, we expected players to be playing, right? Like Victor Oladipo. We were like, yo, what's up with this guy, dog? It's been 20-something games already, and we haven't even... I haven't even seen a clip of him dribbling a ball on a practice court, dog. You know? And this is a guy we gave a contract to, and we're like, yeah, he's going to be a contributor. And now he's not. And that shit is... I, I feel like that's the shit that is you know, really taking back from the heat. Granted, let's flip it. If we look at last year, the Dolphins were kind of in the mix, kind of not in the mix by this point in the season. It was like, well, we don't really trust the Dolphins to make the playoffs and, you know, have a problem and quarterback position is, is that a question mark and all shit. But the heat were steadily winning games, going on runs, winning four or five games in a row, beating a West Coast team, beating Golden State, beating the Lakers, beating Boston. Beating Milwaukee. I mean, and that's the spark that you're referring to. You got to win. You got to rip off four or five games. You get a four or five game win streak, everybody's head turns and goes, what's going on in Miami right now? Exactly. And when you're under 500 for a majority of the beginning of the season. There's no reason to talk about it. There's no reason to be hyped. You know, you're going to have that spark missing. We're still going to bring it to you. We're still going to let you know what's going on. For sure. But I think that Jimmy's, uh, like you said earlier, Jimmy's return, right, and, cl- and mixed with the health of the rest of the team is going to lead to some victories, you know, moving forward. And yep. tonight, we have a chance to get to 500, right? Yeah, right now, as we're playing, we're up 28-27 in the first quarter against Memphis. Correct. Which would make the, the road trip 
literally a, a success. You would go three and one like we had talked about and get yourself to 500 where you're saying, all right, now this is our turning point for the season. Let's ramp it up. Let's get these four or five game winning streaks on the road here or wherever, whether we're home and away and just really continue to grind and get dubs because that's the only way that we're going to generate some type of excitement. You know, you, you have players playing well. We've talked about Strews playing well, right? Offensively, uh, Caleb Martin playing really good for us and having good games here and there. Bam starting to emerge himself more as a, you know, dominating guy. Give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. But it's not enough. It has to come with with wins. And if it doesn't, it doesn't really, you know, bode well for the fans to say, yeah, I'm going to tune in and watch this game. You know what I mean? You're not. Because if Steph Curry's playing, you know, John Moran or some shit, you probably want to watch that on ESPN instead of the Heat taking a loss to the fucking if you can even Charlie watch Hornets. it damn you ballies <laughs> figure out your damn contract with friggin hulu get it together man sons of bitches get it together. shit man what whatever dude <laughs> um and they, they also have the damn panthers held hostage too they do but look just to kind of wrap up on the heat man if they get this victory on the road right not only does it help them continue to add to that win column of being on the road we mentioned that they had lost uh seven previous road games before they beat um atlanta last week they got to continue to push this. You win against Memphis. You got three straight games at home against bad teams. You're playing Detroit. You're playing the LA Clippers. And you're playing San Antonio. All winnable games. That's that That's streak. streak. That's that streak that we were talking about. Get four or five games in a row. Win six out of your eight games or whatever. And, and let's go from there. Big you know facts. what I mean? Let's see. Let's see, man. We need that pizza manana, baby. I'm, I'm starving. trademarked it. I'm let's starving. Go. Come on, Heat. Work with me, man. Um, we need the Panthers to work with me too, bro, because I don't think that they have the Papa John's deal anymore, dog. So Panthers, you know, call me. Cats win? No, no. Call me. I, I know the guy at Papa John's. Call me. <laughs> call me. He'll get you your own personalized nah, code. Nah, bro. I, I said I go para the little Panthers, dog, because, you know, they've been doing their thing. They got two straight wins, you know, after losing three straight. Got a, a win against the Canucks. Got a win against the Kraken. And both wins were impressive victories. Ten goals to two goals given up. That's the Panthers team that I'm no that I'm used to. Yep. That's the Panthers team that I'm used to, dog. Where we're going out there, we're putting up goals on goals on goals, and we're beating teams who are playing good defense, dog. And that Seattle game was very impressive because they had been on a seven game win streak. And we go out there in their house, right, after losing three straight and saying, you know what? Let's get this done. And they beat Vancouver the night before. But still, it, would you say that the Panthers got it cracking? <laughs> What? I don't I don't understand what's Oh that's terrible, dog. God, that's terrible. No, drink your water because that was, was I terrible. It was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. No, man. Um yeah, they definitely got a cracking, bro. They definitely got a cracking. Gotta get gotta get victories in bunches and in streaks here, you know, especially after losing three straight. We hadn't seen these guys lose three straight in forever. And then all of a sudden these guys start losing three straight. So I'm glad that, that Vancouver Canucks game happened first because it, it kind of woke him up. You know, Spencer Knight got the start in goal, and that was our 11th win of the season. Um, we had goals from all types of guys, man. And more importantly for me, right, for me, for the Panthers, is, like, the expectations. The expectations is win games because we know that you're better than other teams that you're on the ice and find ways to close our games. Not unlike what the Heat are, ha- what's happening with the Heat. But the difference with the Panthers is that I feel like their talent on their squad is much better collectively than what the Heat have on their ta- on their roster. If you think about it. If you think about it. There's two guys on the Heat that any team in the NBA would want. 
any team will take right now over their starter. I would say we got at least three. No, no, no. It's only two guys that they would literally start over any other guy in their position. It's Jimmy and Ben. Those are only two guys who would start I'm over sure anybody else. I'm sure a couple else. of teams that would start Hero over a couple guys. Bad teams, right? Bad teams. But if we're, we're trying to focus on good teams. Now, do that exercise with the Panthers. And you're going to go pretty deep and say, yeah, this guy's definitely starting. First line starter, first Ooh. line starter, first Besides line starter. Besides Kachuk. Besides Kachuk? Yeah. And, Sam uh, Reinhardt and is starting on any team. Sam Bennett is starting on any team. Spencer Knight is starting on any team. And he's the backup goalie. Yeah. He splits, he splits <laughs> with Big Bob. You know what I mean? So we have talent on this team. Um, uh, who's another guy? Damn it. Now my name is escaping these guys, bro. Eggblad or... Eggblad. That guy started on any team right now. Even a playoff team. You call it. That Barkov. Barkov is another dude who's starting. Um, Lundell might be starting on any team right now because he's been playing great. Uh, Verhage probably starts on a lot of teams in the NHL. We're just named you nine guys, dog. And, and granted, hockey has more players, but you need these guys. You could only play five at a time and they have to be interchanging in and out. So you need the chemistry and consistency to stay there, even though guys are swapping in and out. Um, they, that Panthers game against the Canucks, we saw a really impressive offensive performance. We got goals from Sam Bennett. Like I mentioned, he had two goals. Ryan Lumberg had a goal. Uh, Matthew Chuck scored. And we have two, another defenseman goal from Guy Fursling. Forsling. Just an all-around good effort, bro. And, and you know, what can I say about Spencer uh, boys Knight, Boys are on dog? fire. Nah, man. Look, Spencer Knight, dog, he got a lot of shit last year because he when he would come in and, and like, give Big Bob a break or whatever, he would let in some goals. We'd probably win the game 5-3, and people would be like, oh, he could have stopped X, he could have stopped this. But he made 32 saves that night, dog, after facing 33 shots. And, you know, I had mentioned it to you earlier in the season where he has a save percentage right now of, like, of, if it's not 89, I want to say it's 92% on the season, which is ridiculous for a goalie, dog. It's ridiculous. Especially a guy who who is playing more often right now because Big Bob is, you know, kind of getting older, trying to, you know, not overwork Big Bob and, and really save him for the playoffs when you really want him. But, you know, Spencer Knight is doing his thing, stepping in and, and, and really filling in amicably, dog. And that's a tough, tough position to step in and do that type of work. Yeah, he's been doing it for the last three years. You know, when we first saw him in the playoffs a couple right. years ago, um, you know, he's 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 been good. He's been great. And like you said, he would be starting for a lot of other teams. So for sure, we know what we're getting. Does he have his off nights occasionally? You know, but more often than not, he's having, you know, a good night. And that's a hell of a performance right there. 32 saves, man, on 33 shots. Absolutely. And look, and he followed it up against the Kraken, too, man, because that night against the Kraken, he had faced 36 shots, made 35 saves, only gave up one goal in the second period. But um, the Panthers were just dominant throughout the whole game. Got two goals early on in the first period, and then we we split goals in the second period, Got went up two more goals, and to put a, uh, the game beyond down, and we had our usually guy, our usual guys who like to score and assist goals. Uh, Carter Verhage, that guy is a scoring machine this year, dog. Two more goals that night. Um, I don't recognize this guy, but Hepinomi, he's on the fourth line. He scored that night. Uh, you had Matthew Kachuk, back-to-back games with the goal. Um He's he's been proving like really really that he's been worth whatever he got whatever we traded for because he was brought in to make plays he was brought in to bring excitement he was brought in to score goals and he's accomplished all of that so far this year dog um for him to be one of the league not uh, I think he's top 10 in the NHL in goals, but he's leading the team in, in goals, has 34, 34 points, 14 goals, 22 assists. Um, nah, he's killing it. He's killing it, dog. He really Most is penalties. killing it. penalties. 
<laughs> Both penalty no, minutes. he's losing that right now. Gudis is is, is Radko Gudis is the at is, one point he had it. Yeah, he, he was. Get it back. He, yeah, he, he can get, get it back. back. He can definitely get it back. But you know, a twelve goal season is nothing to sneeze at. Carter Verhage with fourteen goals on the season, nothing to sneeze at. You know, these that's that's tough things to do, especially in the NHL where you have a bunch of guys who can score goals, right? right? And um, the 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 Heat, the Panthers, the Heat, the Panthers, the Dolphins, the Heat, the Panthers. Those, yo, I, I can make a song. <laughs> Don't just leave that to Axel. Uh, yeah, right, a hundred percent. Um, but like the Panthers, like I feel like they're really close to turning that 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 corner and saying, yo, we're back to ourselves. We figured out what what was wrong. We're working on it. We fixed it, and now we get a chance to build on these performances. Where, like I said, we're using our defense to build into the offense, and then sh- using the offense to supplement the defense. Right, keep scoring to make it harder for teams to attack you and try to put themselves in a position where they can try to even up the game or get some points from us. Because believe it or not, dog, we had four ties this year. We're eleven nine. We're twelve nine and four. Those four points we didn't. I think last year we ended up with like. 10, nine ties, and we're already halfway there. You know what I mean? On an early season, like those are points that we're leaving on the board pretty yeah, much, right? For sure. And and obviously those nine losses are are rough because we're not used to the Panthers having that many losses so early in the season. But um the good thing for the Panthers is that they got one more road game, right? They're gonna end this road. St- they can end this road trip with a above 500 record. You know, they had two losses back to back in Edmonton and Calgary. And then after we recorded, they got the victories in Vancouver and Seattle. And now they're going to end it in Winnipeg tomorrow night. By the time you guys are hearing this, um, let's see, man. And then they come home and back on the road, home, back on the road. So they're going to be facing teams that are tough, right? We got to face Detroit, tough team after that. We got to face Tampa Bay, fucking rival right there. And um, the Damn cracking again on Sunday before we get back in the studio. And and they're they're upset. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, but you know what? We got a big announcement, dog. We finally did it. We're going to the game. Yes, sir. December 15th. Next I, Thursday. That's next Thursday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to be out there. Sports with Sosa is going to be in the building. Um, go check us out, man. We're going to be out there with our cool-ass shirts and jerseys. I got to get a jersey. We got to get it. <laughs> we got to get it. But we're going to be out there, and we are inviting all of you guys who are a Panthers fan. And if you haven't been to a Panthers game in a long time, trust me, this is the perfect time to go see it um, because this team is ex- really exciting. They obviously offer a good product, and... And the ice itself is a cool place to be, man. Joel's been there before. I've been there before. And it's always a great time. Great time. It's always great, a great, great time. Atmosphere. So, yeah, man, sports with so-so. We're going to be out there December 15th. You heard it here first. So don't say, oh, you didn't give us enough time. No, no, no. December 15th, we're going to be out there. This is a Thursday against the Pets- Pittsburgh Penguins. Panthers, you know what time it is. Time to hunt. Panthers. Rawr, penguins. Rawr. Promoting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm stop right there. Yo, you got to have the Pendulum. Panthers growl. No, we got to. Yeah, dog. I don't have yeah, it right come there. on. Come on. You got to have that ready, dog. I don't know. I want to have another song queued up. I want to have It's the End of the World as we know it. For what? But I want to change it up and go It's the End of the World Cup as we know it. It's if only, you're a USA fan. Yeah, it's a wrap. You know, they had the big win on Friday like we talked about against Iran, Iran. Um, and they needed that to advance into the round of 16, right? The knockout stages. And you know what? For all intents and purposes, like that's the level that you want to see the U.S. heading in, right? You want to see them heading into the later stages of those rounds, especially when you're facing opponents that are, are necessarily better than you, you know, and, and have been playing soccer as a nation longer than you and probably have better athletes, you know, dedicated to that. Um, but they ultimately had to face a tough, tough matchup 
Had to play uh, the Netherlands. Netherlands, man. Netherlands, they mowed us down. Yeah, they did, man. They ended just, up they beating just us. like men playing with boys. Well, they got off to an early start, you know, and defensively, the, the you ten, know. Ten minutes in, who would have thunk? Well, me, because they played they played right into the USA's biggest weakness, right? Which is defending on counter breaks, you know, and that's exactly how we got caught. Both times that they scored the first goal, the early goals were on a counter break where the guy's taking it down the wing and he just passes a, a cut back pass. And sure enough, there's a man by himself, you know, with a big ass target to hit. And ultimately, they didn't even have to hit it hard. They yeah. just had to place it into the back of the net. And then they did. Um, USA was able to get a goal back. Where yeah, was- they, they went 2-0 two, two and they looked, you know, bleak. And then finally we get a goal in the second half. Correct. And then uh, and it's like, okay, maybe we can do something here. And it was a wrap. Dagger came. Dagger came. Third Big. goal. And it was a wrap, you know. Um, and which, that, bro, that guy was so open, like so by himself, so open. Like he was like waving for it. He was like, I'm by myself over here, me. guys. Nobody's covering me. And, that, and again, it just goes back to the USA's. Lack of playmakers, lack of experience in the backfield. This is one of the youngest USA teams that they've put together in a real, real long time. So it wasn't too surprising to see these breakdowns happen. It was a little upsetting and frustrating, of course, to see it live. Um, but to, to see these guys progressing to that stage and knowing that in four years, a majority of this team is still going to be together, still t- training together, practicing together and all this stuff in order to make the, the next World Cup. I feel like we'll have a better chance in, you know, when we host it here in the States and in, uh, with Mexico and Canada to see this team advance further into the knockout stages. You know, we, oh, we made it to the round of 16. Cool. Now let's make it to the round of eight, you know, and, yeah. and, and go from there. Yeah. Just, just make it into the, to the knockout stage was an accomplishment in itself. For sure. And I felt like, you know, hey, at that point, it was like we were playing with house money kind yeah, of. Yeah, man. So You're talking we, about we, the best we, of the best. We got a score. We, we were able to get a goal. That was cool. You know, we didn't get shut out three zip. Um, but yeah, the Netherlands was just a better team, man, all around. Hey, the and best part of the me, best. You know, part of me is almost kind of, you know, even though I hate the Dutch, uh, part of me is rooting for the Netherlands now just so that we can be like, all right, well, we got knocked out by the ultimate, the eventual champion. But yeah, but it's not going to be them, for sure. Not gonna it's not going to be them. Now. I mean, look, Argentina beat Australia 2-1, to one, so now that Netherlands has to play Argentina, Argentina. so if we would have beat Netherlands, we there's no chance Argentina. that we're beating Messi, right? Um, Japan and Croatia, they went into a, a hell of a match. Croatia ended up winning 3-1 to one in penalties. Um, they get to face Brazil, who beat the crap out of South Korea today, 4-1. to one. Um, Two tough teams right there going head-to-head. And then England, another tough team, right? I'm talking about the best of the best of the world here they beat senegal 3-0 to advance france beat poland 3-1 to advance so now those two teams are going to be facing each other and then uh bape's on a tear he's on a tear he's like a kid is just on fire he's the youngest he has the most goals in world cup history uh Before the age of 24 age of 24 with nine goals yep kids 24 already in the second world cup already won one Trying to repeat. Sheesh. And then uh, the two other matches that uh, put, finish the round of eight is going to be Morocco and Spain and Portugal and Switzerland. So, again, look at those teams that I'm mentioning, right? Best of the big best hitters, of the best. Big hitters. Guys who have won tournaments before, made it to finals, made it to semifinals. The USA has no shame in, in getting out at this stage. But moving forward, they definitely have to make it a goal to get into that eight, you know? Especially yeah. when you we have need, a favorable we need, draw. We need to put a bunch of strikers around Pulisic. 
Pulisic. At least at least one other big guy, man, that can help him generate yeah. something. Because Pulisic can set it up and generate it, but he need he needs some help in there, man. Well, I have to give a shout out to Sergio because he he definitely noticed a, a weakness in the team, right? They didn't play Claudio Reyna enough, and this is a kid who's killing that it kid in was, Dortmund. That yeah. kid was a stud, man. And when, when he, he got came, when he came in late, when he came in the game, he definitely had an impact, right? Yeah. He was very creative, very fast, very quick. You know, not thinking with the ball at his feet, just moving, passing, and, and getting around guys, creating things. And um, kind of a, a, like a question mark to be like, yo, why didn't we see this guy more? Why didn't he start the game, right? Especially a young kid who's playing at a high level, very high level in, in Germany, at, in the Bundesliga, at Borussia Dortmund, a, a big club. Christian Pulisic came from there, countless of big stars have come from that club yeah. and he's the next one in line I along like, with Drew Bellingham I liked him I liked that kid Sergeant that kid Sergeant played alright I think he's good I think he, he, he I think he played well he McKinney got hurt. played I think well he got hurt, but I think Tyler he Adams well. um, they played good too um, Dest so is it Sergio Dest played alright man you didn't, you didn't think he played good? No, because he sh- he 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 offers something more offensively than he does defensively. And if you notice, when we got killed on those counterattacks, it's because mm-hmm. they were coming down his side, and he didn't do a good enough job of closing out the guy to not allow him to make gotcha. the pass. You know, and but he, I like the kid, man. I think the kid's fast as shit. He is fast, but that speed is not so the maybe, only thing. Maybe we just got to get him somewhere else on the field. Maybe, but at this point in his stage of his career, it's yeah. going to be hard to flip yeah. positions, right? Especially when you're just accustomed to. Doing doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. My whole thing is like, figure out a defensive lineup, right? Figure out a defensive lineup. Don't necessarily expect too much offense from your, from your, from your defense and put your guys that are creative players in places where they can create. You know what I mean? Claro Reina, Reina has to play, man. Um, Timothy Weah played a great, has to be more outside and, and given the chance to create more at his feet, maybe in the middle of the field, you know, because we have dynamic playmakers. Um, and look, I have to give a, a, a big shout out to Tyler Adams before we wrapped up, bro, because he ran the most amount of miles on that team and in, in the World Cup up until that point of that game finishing. So this guy definitely was out there working. And for him being the youngest captain in, you know, over 100 years almost, man, it's a lot to burden, right? A lot of, a big burden to carry, and he did it well. So shout out to the men's team, man. Four years, man. We'll be here, and we're going to be... <clears throat> we don't have to wait four years to, to get to see them again, right? This, this no, they'll have team. qualifiers and but stuff saying, like that. When would be realistically the next time we see no, this it's going to be four play. years. You're going to see them playing like uh, CONCACAF, right? The, the, which is the... Like three years, I guess. No, in a year and a half, they'll be playing in oh, Concacaf okay. uh, because that's like all the teams from like Mexico, Canada play each other. We play El Salvador, we play Honduras, we play Trinidad and Tobago, cool, Jamaica. Cool. So we'll, we'll see them again. That tournament is going to happen in a year and a half, two years, and then that's the next big one. The top two automatically, or top two get, or top three get automatic bids into the next World Cup. So cool. that's how you qualify, man. That'll be big. Yeah, man. Uh, let's wrap this thing up, brother. Because it's time to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell one more friend. Yeah, to tell them one more friend. To tell time. two more friends. To go to YouTube right now and hit that subscribe button on our channel. Sports with SoSo. You go to YouTube.com forward slash Sports with SoSo. Backslash, right? Back, forward, try them all. Try them all. Sports with SoSo. You're going to find it. Hit the subscribe button. Help us, help us get to 500 subscribers. Road hit, to 500, baby. Absolutely. Hit that like button on our latest video. Only fans. Week 13, week 12 out right now. And drop a comment to let us know how fire it was. And Until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.